Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Hey, Chris, we're on the monorail. I can't wait to ride Mad Tea Party today. Uh, I got a bad taste in my mouth about that. I wanted the Disney Park exclusive Funko Pop, but I can't afford it. Really? How much is it going for? $400. Oh, my gosh. You think we can get one in the park? If we do, we're splitting it, man. I'm not splitting 400 bucks. Alex, we have to. It's a Disney Park exclusive. We'll be one of the only 2,000 people that own it. You know what? I'll charge the card. Welcome to episode 218 of the Diz His Podcast. I'm one of your Mad Hatters, Chris. And I'm Alex. Today, we will be giving the His on the Mad Tea Party. If you didn't know that, I think, I mean, that's, I, I, that's why I said I'm one of your Mad Hatters, Alex. I, I just want to make that clear. I did the history, so of course I got it. Okay. Just, I just wanted to make that clear to anybody. I was surprised you said it off the top of your dome. Yeah, I'm not an actual Mad Hatter. I just, I just you know, uh, want to get in character. I'm a method actor, so today I'm a Okay. Actor. Yeah. Okay. But um, okay. anyway, uh. If you want to watch me ramble live, if you can, you just have to join our goof troop, dude. Which is our patrons, guys. This this episode is an hour long. We go record for two hours. Yeah, this is an hour of Chris rambling. I cut out. We um, it's now six fifty. We start recording at six thirty. For the first twenty minutes, we were talking about all of the series that I've been watching, <laughs> <laughs> and this is true. If you want to watch that, if that interests you. And much, much more. Us <laughs> <laughs> just talking about nonsense before we record interests you. Join our Patreon. Hey, that's basically what a podcast is. Just listening to other people talk about nonsense. So if you want more of that, you can. Join our Patreon, which we call our Goof Troop. You can find that by going to Patreon and searching Diz His. Or you could just go to any of the descriptions <laughs> in any of our episodes, our link trees and all those descriptions, as well as all of our social media. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, if you want to buy merch, there's also merch on the link tree. Our merch is pretty, pretty good. I, if I say so myself. I designed it, so I have to <laughs> say that it's good. And to do that, it's just as little as $2 a month. 2 bucks a month, $24 a year. You're going to pay more for your Netflix subscription in a month, actually, than you would for our subscription in a year. And every dollar counts towards uh, reaching our ultimate goal of podcast world domination. Right, Alex? Yes. Yes, indeed. And if you ever want to reach out to us and give us some information, ideas for future episodes, what was your favorite past episode, what are some things we stopped doing you wish you st- we started doing again, send us an email at dizhispod at gmail.com. That's dizhiz, D-I-Z-H-I-Z, pod at gmail.com. And if you have some free time in your life, please Go to your podcast platform and give us five stars or whatever five-star equivalent they have on that podcast. Everything's not the same. You can really use it because it really helps other people find us to grow the podcast because, hey, the more this podcast grows, the more we can put into it. Exactly. That's true. Just like the giveaways we've been doing. Last week was a cool Funko Pop, 100th uh, Disney year year 100, which I think they already had a 100-year anniversary uh, a while ago. Um, they, here's the second one now. I, they, they, they have a lot of different anniversaries. Alex, I've, I've oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Just like real life. You have a lot of anniversaries. You're like, you know, you have your, your first date anniversary, your first kiss anniversary. Yeah. It's your true. wedding anniversary. It's true. The first I, time you went to a Jiffy Lube. Yeah. That's coming up for me actually. Yeah, it's all. Yeah. That's actually next week. Thank you for bringing that up. You're welcome. What I would love the best about these anniversaries, before we go too far off the beaten path, is when uh, Disney World is celebrating their 50th, and it's really just Magic Kingdom's 50th. So they 
all of Disney World celebrating the 50th. They're selling like Epcot, whatever anniversary they had in their gift shop too, right next to the Epcot 50th anniversary stuff, which is, I don't know, it's just funny to me. And now that now it would just jump from 50 to 100. Of course, it's all for different things, but it's uh, yeah, it's still funny nonetheless, because imagine being someone who doesn't speak English or something and going into a store and seeing all these different anniversaries and like, uh, I would probably have a panic attack. <laughs> all right. So steering this this horseback on the track. I don't think it's a saying. Uh, Mad Tea Party. We're not giving the history on an actual tea party. We're actually giving the history on the teacups. The slang term for the Mad Tea Party. It's the teacups. Right. It's yeah. the it's the spinny ride. And I found myself ty- typing teacups and like, oh, I gotta change it because that's not the actual name of the ride. Which I actually forgot about until I said that I was giving the his on the Mad Tea Party. I totally forgot that it was not called the teacups. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the Teacups is an attraction that was originally open at Disneyland in California in 1955, but the grand opening of the park itself. This is one of nine attractions still operating from opening day. The Mad Tea Party was moved during the expansion of Fantasyland in 1983. It is such a popular ride that there are versions of it at every Disneyland except for Shanghai. They have similar ride based on Winnie the Pooh. The attraction has gone through many changes since opening and is now running strong almost 70 years later. Mm-hmm. 70 years later. Could you imagine being someone who rode this on opening day? It's a long time, Alex. And you're now like 83 and you go back to ride it every year. Yeah, that would be. Um, and then listen, man, 70 years. Imagine the upkeep that that thing went through over 70 years. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. I can't wait to can't wait to hear about the nitty gritty of this ride because we just look at it as the teacups. But I uh, can't wait to see get to the get to the his on it. So, you know what we should do, Alex? Let's get to the his on the Mad Tea Party. Alice in Wonderland, the animated movie, was released on July 26, 1951. The animated film did poorly upon its release, only earning an estimated $2.4 million at the U.S. box office. Despite its poor showing, Walt Disney still wanted the film to be represented in his big theme park he was planning on building, named Disneyland. A few concepts for the ride were drawn up before Disney settled on the spinning one we know today. One, inspired by the unbirthday party scene, had the attraction set on Mad Hatter's larger-than-life dinner table, and another had 20 teacups moving around a central hub similar to Tomorrowland Speedway. Walt finally decided that the first concept was the best, but it was a lot cheaper to leave out the large table and just place it on a spinning plate. It has 18 teacups that guests can control by spinning the wheel. The wheel doesn't actually spin, but is attached to the platter that spins independently to the platform below it. The ride has a large turntable that spins counterclockwise as three small turntables spin clockwise. The cups themselves spin counterclockwise while a carousel version of the film's unbirthday song plays. The ride debuted alongside the park on July 17, 1955, and became a family favorite. The attraction, when it opened, only had ropes that blocked off guests from exiting the teacups while it was moving. The spinning platform was bare for the first few months of the attraction being operational, before it was painted with a psychedelic spiral. The teacups were half bare, with the other half themed by Mary Blair. Mary Blair is a Disney legend who was credited with color-styling great films like Cinderella, Peter Pan, and Alice in Wonderland. Half of the teacups were painted with bright colors with intricate designs painted with the darker color of the cup. As the ride became popular and busy, Walt noticed that kids would run toward the brightly colored cups 
not wanting to use the plain white cups, so he changed most of the cups to be brightly colored with some remaining white, but with brightly colored designs on them. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a bad teacup party guy, but um, mm-hmm. I would not pick a white cup. No, no, I don't want a white cup. No, I go for the orange ones. Sure. Orange. The, you know, off orange, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but yeah, white is on the bottom. But, you know, that's the great thing about Walt is when he was around, he wasn't just like, I built a, I built a park, have fun, do this. He wasn't like smoking cigars, playing golf. He was at the parks and looking to see what he can improve. You know, you have that big story about him watching people throw trash on the ground. He's like, we need a trash can every Mm -hmm. 10 feet because I don't want trash on the ground. Yeah. You know, he he was there watching people, seeing what he can do to improve the park. And this is a great example, seeing that all the kids wanted those colorful cups. And he's like, okay, how do I make every kid have a great interaction? Because you don't want a kid to ride a tee, ride a, a ride after waiting a half an hour. Maybe it wasn't as long back then, but waiting a half an hour, well, it probably was a half an hour back then, I'd have to say. Yeah, time but waiting a half an hour and <laughs> <laughs> waiting a half an hour and then getting let down because they have to ride a plain white teacup. Yeah, I, you know, I love doing the history on old attractions like this because you do get to hear Walt's vision on the ride and Walt's changes and Walt's this and Walt's that you you hear the same story with jungle cruise with, you know, hearing the, the family complain about it. I just love Mm -hmm. getting Walt's opinion on things. The, the the parks are named after the man. You know what I mean? So the the fact that, Mm -hmm. that he had his hand on, on this pretty cool. And, and for him to have the, Vision. Okay, so you have this movie come out that you worked very, very hard on, and Alice in Wonderland. It does not do. It, it <laughs> yeah. does not do well at the box office. Right, and he still builds a ride after it. Why? Could like, you imagine all the people who are like, "What are you doing? Why are you wasting our yeah. resources on a movie that failed?" Spitting teacups? Are you serious? I mean, two point four million dollars isn't bad. I I assume right. I have known nothing about the market, but apparently it wasn't great. And it became a cult classic, which nobody could see that right. coming, except for Walt, apparently. Which is, is is crazy to me because literally the nation didn't like this movie. Like the audience did not like this. But Walt was like, no, they're gonna like they're, you know, they might not like now, but they're definitely they're definitely going to like this. Maybe or maybe there wasn't enough IP and they're like, oh, let's just use those teacups. <laughs> just use the teacups from that, Alice. Well, yeah, they probably didn't have a lot of IP back then because they would make a movie. They only made a handful of movies before the parks came out. So, yeah, they're probably like, what could we use that could be a good ride for kids? And I mean, yeah, the the spinning ride is not unique. It's been used, but the idea of being inside a teacup mm-hmm. that's definitely unique sure. and that's definitely synonymous with alice the wonderland manhattan tea party scene uh but yeah it's like i could only imagine me in that meeting and walt saying let's do this with alice in wonderland ip and i'm like why no but you know what too is was this an e-ticket attraction do we know i did not I, see I, anything about I, that I, would assume i think uh dane would know in chat adam might know too ryan mm-hmm, might know too. probably and if you don't know maybe you could don't look it up really quickly and send it in chat i would assume this is not an e-ticket attraction alex um mm-hmm. so maybe that was the whole reason why they didn't use a very popular ip maybe that's the reason why they use something that you know we have this ip we might as well use it for a child's ride 
because a child's not going to care what the IP is. They're going to have fun getting dizzy on this teacup ride, you know? That's true. So let's let's get a goofy guy like the Mad Hatter because you don't even you're not even using Alice. You're using a side character from the movie. So that, that kind of mm-hmm. shows me yeah. as well that like they weren't trying to. This was not going to be a draw to the park. You know, like no one's going to Disneyland to ride the teacups. It, it's well, little did they know people were <laughs> right while you're there. Your kid's like, oh, my gosh, let me go on that. Not one of the white ones, but hey, you know, maybe one of those bright colored teacups. <laughs> and uh, I think maybe that was the reason why they didn't go for like a. Uh, Snow White, you know, Snow White's spinny thing. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs Spinatron. I don't know. Maybe that's why they did the Mad Hatter. And um, Spinning Minecarts. Spinning Minecarts. There we go. You're off the rails. You're, you know, I didn't think about that. You're right. They used a side character yeah. for a bad film. Or, oh, you know, in the sense of not a good film in the box office. I didn't think about that. Yeah, they named it after a side character. Yeah, unpaid. Who's not even in the film too much. Right. Unpaid intern Dane for Big Beautiful Days just wrote in the chat. It was a C-ticket attraction. So, see, it was not a main attraction at Disneyland. Mm. So, maybe that's why they did not use a main character. And uh, it makes sense to me. And maybe that's why Walt wanted it. Uh, And then, you know, now it's a cult classic ride, which is funny Mm -hmm. because the movie bombed. This is a C-ticket attraction. And now it's, it's synonymous with Disney World and Land. It's, it, you know, like you said, the history. It's in every single park except for one around the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So does the name Mary Blair mean anything to you? It means the world to me, Alex. Really? Yeah, it's my most hated ride at Disney World. What? Small World? Mary Bla- oh, Okay, yes. Mary Blair <laughs> did have a, a strong, uh, you know, a strong artistic feel in in small yeah, no, world, I do. Right. I do love her. I do love her art. It's 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 her. When I, her art to me is is Disney. Like it's the same as Disney. right. Like it's just Disney for me. Yeah. Yeah, and she's the one who helped you know make this ride as it is today. Because everyone who knows this ride thinks of the teacups and how they look, and she's the one who designed them, though at least the way they looked for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not know that she was a part. I knew I knew the name because Joe used to talk about her. She has murals all over Disney World. The five-legged um, goat? Exactly. What is, I was like, what? Why? I don't understand. Um, that's just someone who can't draw goats. Why is that <laughs> celebrated? Um, you know what, Alex? If it was a four-legged goat, we wouldn't be talking about it. That's true. And <laughs> and uh, I did not know that she actually worked on these films, Cinderella, Peter Pan, Alice in Wonderland, just to name a few, not even all the ones that yeah, she that worked pretty on. interesting. I did not know that. We'll have to do the history on Mary Blair soon. Um, that would be a really interesting one to dive into. Yeah. In 1956, a nearby gift shop was opened named Mad Hatter of Fantasyland. This gift shop was moved after 1958 when a second Alice in Wonderland attraction debuted named Alice in Wonderland, a dark ride. The shop was moved to be an equal distance from both attractions, but this didn't matter because in 1983, Fantasyland underwent a giant remodeling. The Mad Tea Party was positioned behind Sleeping Beauty Castle, right next to King Arthur's Carousel. But with the huge remodeling planned, this gave the Imagineers the perfect opportunity to move the attraction. King Arthur's Carousel was slightly moved to where Mad Tea Party was originally, with Mad Tea Party moved by Matterhorn Bobsleds, right next to the other Alice in Wonderland attraction. This allowed both attractions, based on the same movie, to be in earshot of each other. Now the attraction was next to King Arthur's Carousel, similar to how the Magic Kingdom's version is not by Prince Charming Regal Carousel. In 1971, Mad Tea Party debuted with the opening of Disney World's Magic Kingdom. The popularity of Disneyland's ride made it a must-have in Florida. But after three years, 
due to persistent rainstorms. The attraction at Magic Kingdom had a roof added to the attraction, as well as a central teapot. The central teapot has the Dormouse popping its head out of the top of the teapot every so often. If you don't remember, the Dormouse was constantly falling asleep at the tea party, sitting between March Hare and Mad Hatter. In 1992, the attraction at Magic Kingdom received a new color scheme. They added colorful lanterns hanging from the roof and new music. So I do like how they're always constantly changing these rides because something made at the year that this was introduced that's going to get old real quick you know 20 30 years you got to make some changes i like how they make these slight changes but still um preserve the integrity of the original idea Mm -hmm. yeah the other thing that i that screamed out to me when listening to this was could you imagine how big of a pain it would be to move an attraction? <laughs> oh my Some god! Some in my head, all I can think of is like forty-five men just trying to lift it <laughs> and then walk it slowly to a different location. <laughs> Which I know is not how it works, but just like some reason, that's what pops in my head. <laughs> just that ridiculous scene. And we, me and you, we we, uh, we we game a lot. We play these sandbox games. We can build your own theme park and build your own city. Yeah, it's like the thing yeah. that I envision is just like clicking on the mad tea party, just dragging it to a different part, and then it doesn't. <laughs> so it's like. You hear like oh they move the attraction and you don't really think about what goes behind i bet you could do the whole history on moving attractions because i bet you there's yes, just there was a there's a handful yeah there's just like a science there has to be a science behind this uh you know dude it's crazy it, it, like do you bring up the old schematics on how the the ride was built like are those saved or you know do you have to take notes on what screw goes where like all that stuff's so interesting to me because i mean that's a big that's about- a big task man Think about the rides they shipped to Disneyland from New York. Ah, oh, that's true. Like, yeah, you're right. I mean, like that's not shipped, but you know, transported. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, that's also insane that they did that. Yeah. I would be like, no, throw it away. We'll build a new one. Right? Yeah, yeah. Just say hey, we'll build <laughs> a new much one up cheaper, there. Right? Just, yeah. It's got to be cheaper to build a new one than transport this across America. Yeah, that's we're just gonna. That's just gonna be a tax write-off. We're just gonna build another one. That's <laughs> <laughs> just a business expense. Yeah, that is crazy. Um, but yeah, just just like. And then you know why you gotta move it? Just just build some something somewhere else. But, I, yeah, they wanted the two attractions near each other. Like that seems yeah. like, but like I have the same issue in Hollywood Studios right now because Star they Tours. have Star Wars Land and mm-hmm. Star Tours is nowhere near. I mean, yeah. it's not nowhere near. It's just it, you could throw a stone from the entrance to Star Tours but to still. the entrance to Star Wars Land, but still, but still it's yeah. like it should be in Star Wars Land. Is Star Wars Land near Galaxy's Edge? <laughs> yes, yes, it is. I just wonder. Um, I always forget the name. You know what, though, Alex? That's the big difference between the Disney World and Land back then to Disney World today. I, I feel like they don't care as much about the uh, theming and about the, um, you know, like you said, Galaxy's Edge is away from Star Tours. As well as the Bay. Yeah, you're right. With Star Wars Bay, which is like. So now you have three locations that have Star Wars stuff in them. I just don't think they care anymore because they know people <laughs> are going to go. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, they're yeah. still going to pay to go see Galaxy's Edge. And I think they'd be like, well, people are going to get mad if we take away Star Tours. Let's just leave it where it is. Maybe they might complain online that it's outside of Galaxy's Edge. But hey, they're complaining because they're visiting the parks and and they're seeing it in person. So I, I don't know. They just don't care like they used to. And it sucks. Um but I'm still going to continue to go. I will still, I will still go, and I will still do a podcast about them. I know, but they were doing a big re. Uh, they had to shut down the whole entire area for this remodeling. So they're like, "Hey, no one's going to be in the area. Let's go ahead." I mean, 
same with that. If they shut down Star Tours and moved it to uh, Galaxy's Edge, they would have to shut down such a large area of Galaxy's Edge in order for that to happen. And they could have done it during the building of Galaxy's Edge. You know, they could have done it during COVID. Yeah, it's true too. They um, <laughs> what was the last big um attraction move? Would it have been? Um, I don't. I do not know. I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, chat. But um, Toy Story Mania was not always where it was. It, they just changed the entrance. They just put it from the front side to the back side. Okay, so it wasn't really the moving of the attraction. It was no. The, so they no, built the Toy Story Land. Okay, they built that around uh, Toy Story Mania. Right. Yeah, I and see. then they just remodeled the building. Yeah. So that's Dumbo. Easy. Dumbo. Just putting up yeah. a wall and adding a door. So uh, chat is saying Dumbo, which makes sense because that's another one of those carnival-esque yeah, rides. Because they, they got moved to where the carnival area is now and the play area was built. Right, which is an amazing well. – it's an amazing – When I guess when they move an attraction, they're going to go big, right? And they, they did it with Dumbo. Like that, that, that place is amazing. Yeah, they're not going to just walk it 10 feet and dump it down. <laughs> right, right, right. Like they're going to – they're gonna. <laughs> like it's going to be a reason for it. But I guess that's what goes into that kind of stuff. And I would think a ride like Star Tours would be an easier ride to move because it's just a simulation. You it's know what I mean? Just a, yeah, it's just, sim- <laughs> like it's, it's just a box. <laughs> yeah, it's not a roller coaster. <laughs> it doesn't take up that space. And you know what? If, Most of space is a queue. If they would have put Star Tours where they put uh, Smuggler's Run, we wouldn't get all those people complaining about Smuggler's Run. That's true, which is just another Star Tours. It's just a interactive where you Star hit Tours. Yeah. Um, kind of interactive. Kind, yeah, kind of interactive. Um, <laughs> assisted interaction. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, it's just Disney's not the same as it used to be, and it, it, and it shows with stuff like that. Um, what else? What else do we have here, Alex? Did you know that the Magic Kingdom carousel was called Prince Charming Real Carousel? Yeah, I did. I did know that. I feel yeah. like that's just too many words. It's it's a lot, but no <laughs> one's ever calling it that. You know, no one's ever calling it Prince Charming's Real Carousel. They're calling it the carousel. Uh, just the carousel. yeah, just like just this, like how it's the teacups. It's the teacups. Like no one's calling it that. You can say it's called that, you know, as much as you want, but no one's just imagine, calling it that. Imagine being with the one person you're walking you're like hey guys want to go teacups you mean the mad tea party yeah i think dane would do that actually <laughs> I, i'm pretty sure in one of dane's vlogs on big beautiful Diz, he uh he corrects somebody and says mad tea mad uh mad hatter's tea party <laughs> he just responds i do it all the time wouldn't doubt it <laughs> uh dane is a disney purist he's he is he's a he's disney, disney purist. purist and i love that about him in 1983 tokyo disneyland opened its layout and theming were very similar to disneyland in california but even though the teacups were so popular in Disneyland and the Magic Kingdom, it was not part of the park's initial plans. But it only took three years for Tokyo Disneyland to correct this, revealing Alice's teacups, which had a canopy like the version in Florida. This also meant it has a teapot in the middle of the attraction with Dormouse popping out. The ride was originally located by Skyway Station in Tomorrowland, but like Disneyland California, it was relocated during a big overhaul in 1998. It was moved to Fantasyland by Castle Carousel. The ride also got an updated paint scheme with more swirls looking more like the new ride in Disneyland Paris. Disneyland Paris opened in 1992 and its Mad Hatter's Teacups was an opening day attraction. This version of the ride had more intricate swirls on the teacups with an elegant petal-shaped glass covering. The Paris version also have a teapot with the Dormouse popping out, but not in the middle of the attraction, but setting off nearby. In 2005, Hong Kong Disneyland opened and of course had to have its own teacups but they were more inspired by Disneyland Paris's fresh take. So theirs was named Mad Hatter's Teacups and used the intricate swirls on the teacups. 
Its attraction covering is most similar to the covering in Tokyo Disneyland. When Shanghai Disneyland opened on June 16, 2016, everyone expected it to have its own teacups, since every other Disneyland park has one, but to everyone's surprise, they don't. They instead have Honey Pot Spin, a Winnie the Pooh-themed Honey Pot Spinning attraction. It's just like all the teacup attractions with the covering and lanterns hanging from the ceiling, but instead, it's pots full of honey spinning around a hanging beehive. Sounds pretty dangerous, actually, being in a pot full of honey near a beehive, Alex. I don't know if they thought this one through. Yeah, they may have not had. Uh, I mean, people were people were allergic to bees. Yeah, you know, it's just this is just. Hopefully, you know, upon entering, they give you an epipen. See, and that's the that's what I'm talking about. Like Dizzy just doesn't care to that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but seriously, uh, there's your answer. Another ride that was relocated. Yeah, it's just. Relocate Star Tours, man. Just do it. Like you're, 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 you're teasing me with all these other relocations. Just relocate Star Tours. Um, I don't think I'd want the Honey Pot ride because I love the the Winnie the Pooh Dark ride. And in the other parks around the world, it's even better because it's trackless. I don't. I forget which park that's in. Mm-hmm. Um, might be Shanghai. Nah, it couldn't be. I don't think they'd have. Uh, might be uh, Tokyo. Might be Paris. I don't know. I'm just naming all of them because I will get. The, I will get it right. <laughs> Um, um, yeah, I rode the the um, Winnie Pooh ride recently, and I'll go on that more into this week in Disney. But one thing I want to touch base is: Have you looked at pictures of the teacups in Paris? I have not, but I will look it up right now. Why? Yeah, look it up right now because we always talk about how good Disneyland Paris is at theming, how nice it looks, how elegant it looks, how clean it looks, and the teacups in Paris oh, wow. look so nice. They have that glass covering yeah. uh, that's very nice. And the lanterns, you know, I haven't really noticed the lanterns hanging at uh, Magic Kingdom. I really I really did not. But whenever I look at pictures of them at other locations, the lanterns hanging look so nice, especially at night when you look at it. At night, it's uh, amazing. If you look at these yeah. pictures at night, they look so nice. Uh, the Winnie the Pooh-themed ride looks cool. The honeypot is an interesting take, but... Dude, why do you got to do Disney like that? Why can you not just do the teacups? I mean, think of all your OCD friends out there. Like, come on. You're going to have all these Disneylands with the same ride, <laughs> and you're going to change it a little bit? That's not cool, man. That's not okay, and I don't like it. Yeah, so I'm looking at the um, Disneyland Paris, and it's amazing. Then I look over to Disney World, and it looks like a carnival. <laughs> like, it looks yeah, like know, if right? you ordered the uh, Mad Hatter's Tea Party on Wish.com. That's what uh, that's what Florida's looks like compared to Disneyland Paris. Disneyland Paris looks like I would pay to actually I would actually pay to go on that ride. It looks like I would have to pay admission. Just to, it looks like a nice like fine dining establishment with these. Yeah. It's beautiful. And then you got it's this very nice, very hideous thing in Orlando. Um, <laughs> are you a teacup guy? I love the teacups, and I could never get people to go along with me. Mm, your kids? The thing is, is uh. Every time we're going, we're, like, trying to do other things. So it's, like, very low on the list of stuff to do. Uh, and Christina's when we in line just for me and them to go on ourselves. Um, you know, she wants to do stuff, too. She she did, cannot spend too much. Okay, uh, yeah. But I love the teacups. I want to go as fast as possible. And and part of this history, quick, quick, quick facts, we'll get into something later. But I want to go as fast. I want to go faster than possible. I want to spin off. I thought that's gonna go. Wow, that's terrifying. The last time I heard that was uh, I was watching a true crime documentary. They were as like one of the profiles for a um, uh, somebody they're trying to catch. Um, I'm glad we live states away, Alex. That's all I have to say. 
I would not go in the teacups with you, but I would watch you. I would, I would, I would encourage you to ride the teacups even by yourself. I would root you on and I would cheer for you on the sidelines. I would have a really good time watching you. Yeah, dude, everyone have a good time watching me. Yeah, I just think it'd be really I'd spin, nice. I'd spin so hard. The smile on your face. I would. I, you know yeah. what? Hard isn't the word that I would that comes to mind. It's graciously. I think you would just. You just see an orange blur. That's it from my beard. From the from your yeah. It would just. <laughs> it would be a spectacle for sure. <laughs> I uh, I am not a teacup guy. I like looking at it for the few seconds that I'm walking past it. I think it's really great to just look at it for a second. Just be like, oh, you know, I'm in Disney World. There's a teacup. And that's it. Um, I'm a big teacup um, fan in merchandise. Like, I would definitely buy a teacup. If that makes sense. Okay. Like, I like mugs. So if there was like a, if there was like a Mad Hatter's teacup. teacup like I would, mug? Yeah, I would, yeah, sure. There, there has to be. Sure. Just Google it on Amazon. Yeah, my wife won't let me buy any more mugs, so I can't really buy. Um, it. Yeah, dude, I I feel the same way about me not letting my wife buy mugs. Yeah, yeah, it's me. I'm the mo- have, I'm the problem. We have house. two levels of mugs filled out. I brought home two mugs from work. They gave me for free, and now are I'm having a hard time putting mugs away. It's so filled. yeah, it's pretty dangerous. I love mugs. I just go into the gift shop and I just scream mug me, and then it's just it's 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 pretty dangerous, Alex. Um, the Mad Tea Party did have some Funko Pops for like Disneyland's anniversary and um, Oh really? Yeah, there was like a Funko Pop. I did I missed out on it because it was an Did exclusive. they have teacups? It was a like it like physical teacups. Yeah, could you imagine a Funko Pop but it's just a teacup? Yeah, my wife has blocked uh the word teacup on like Google so I can't even I can't even Google mugs or anything. Okay. It, it just gets it just gets blocked. It gets like when you go to school and you try to go on Facebook or MySpace, it was just like blocked. That's what it's blocked in my house. So I have no idea if that exists. That would be really cool. And if it does, you know, send it to me and I'll Venmo you. I uh yeah, just I, I can't do the ride, but I do respect and admire it from afar. I would love if I was a millionaire, mm. right? I was I, no, nay. If I was a billionaire, okay. let's put out a level level mm. on this. I would easily go my one of my thing, things would go to all the parks and write all the teacups. For sure. That'd be on my bucket list. That's cool. That would be and you could rate them. I could rate them. I could uh, you know. Yeah. I wanna write all the teacups. That'd be so fun. Which one's the smoothest? Which one's the best atmosphere? Which one has the best restaurant close by? That's I think like that's pretty important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dane just put in chat the Funko Pop that I wanted. It's actually forty dollars on eBay oh. right now. Alice at the Mad Tea Party. And it's a Disney Park exclusive. I collect the Disney Park exclusive Funko Pops. They have that little sticker on the front that says, you guessed it, Disney right. Park exclusive. I see that. And she's in a teacup. She's in a teacup. The teacup. The wow. Teacup. Yeah, pretty cool, right? And it's not a white one. I'll tell you it's that. It's not. It's, it matches her. No, it does not match her, actually. She wears a blue dress. And then there's a... Uh, they have like, And then, okay, so I can either get that one or I can get the Cheshire Cat, uh, which was a... Um, oh my gosh, this is ridiculous. I can't, I, I can't even read it from here. WonderCon exclusive for $409. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. That's yeah that's, I want to look at this. That's yeah. I, I'm sending it in the chat right now. Yep. It's the Cheshire. It's same pop, just Cheshire cat. And I would assume that it was way more limited than the, right, of course, here's the second be. listing for $400. Oh, oh okay. It was limited to 2000 pieces. So there's, there's only 2000 of these in existence. So that makes more sense. That's still a lot. It's still pretty crazy. And it's still, uh, and still he's writing all yellow teacup. He's writing yellow one. Yep. Those are pretty cool though. They're great, right? Yeah, they are. Like Those they're are really, looking. really nice. The, the, um, the Disney park. If I was a billionaire, 
if I was a nay, if I was a trillionaire, I'd maybe buy them. <laughs> <laughs> then I found the one, the other one that I was talking about. No, I think the oh. Alice one was the one I was talking about, but there is a third one. <laughs> yeah. And on um, the Discord, they said this is the winner, which I think I have to agree. This is the winner. Oh, that's the one I it just sent. The yeah. Mad Hatter in a yeah. teacup. That's what I just sent. That's a Target exclusive, 35 bucks. And it's for See, Disneyland's 65th anniversary. Yeah, and it's still it's still an exclusive, you know. Uh, that's a really great one for sure. And he's in a blue teacup. There has to be a, a sign. There has to be a, like a reason for this. That's a great one too, though. Like who who else would you want in one? You need the Mad Hatter. I mean, it's named after him, right? It is it's his ride. Oh my gosh, they have a Queen of Hearts in the in the teacup too. No way. They do. This is what this is for the they're for all these. Remember, we were talking about the anniversaries. This is for the 50th anniversary. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, and she's in a pink teacup with the more intricate designs on them. Actually, right now, I think. Oh, no, actually. Oh, my gosh. I have, I have such a bad memory, Alex. I was just about to. I saw that there's a Space Mountain Mickey Mouse uh-huh. and I was just about to buy it. Right. I was like, oh, 20 bucks. And it said you last purchased this item March 13th, 2022. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea where it is. <laughs> I had no idea I bought that. <laughs> oh, God. oh, man, that'd be really nice to find. That'd be a nice little display behind me. Oh, wow. That's horrible. Quick fire, quick facts. Let's go. In 2004, Mad Tea Party was modified to make it harder to spin very fast after Alex lost their balance and fell out of his ego. <laughs> hey, it wasn't me. It was someone else. The Mad Tea Party attraction was manufactured and installed by Aero Development, who also built Dumbo the Flying Elephant, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, and Matterhorn bobsleds, and many more. For the 50th anniversary celebration, a teacup was painted gold during the festivities. Sell that in Funko Pop. That'd be worth $1,000. Yeah, probably. I would probably buy it. If you happen to meet up with Alice or Mad Hatter outside the teacups, they may get on and ride with you. See? You don't have to ride it alone, Alex. Yeah. Just gotta wait for I the... Mean, that would be amazing. Me and Mad Hatter, and then I'm going so fast he throws up. That'd be hilarious. That'd be, that'd be really funny. And yeah, very funny. That uh, we saw... So when I was watching some videos, we were watching... I was watching some YouTube... Uh, history about uh, the ride and my wife saw a video saw a picture of them riding she's like what that's is at Disneyland this is not Disney World I don't know if they do it at Disney World but this is at Disneyland and yeah they they will get on the ride with you Alice and Mad Hatter I was like that's so cool that'd be amazing I love that that, that is that's like it's Disney magic mm, exactly it's very cool which remind me when we get to this week in Disney because I have more Disney magic to talk about Oh, we here at Dizzy's think that the teacups are a great classic attraction. We love that every Disneyland and Disney World Magic Kingdom, you can experience this amazing attraction. It is a must ride, despite the fact that it could lead to a queasy relative or two. Hey there, fellow Disney enthusiasts. Scott here from the No New Friends podcast. Now, I'm not here to shamelessly plug the No New Friends podcast. No, I want to tell you all about the Diz His Goof Troop or Patreon. Now, you hear Joe and Jen and Chris and Alex talking about Patreon all the time, but I wanted you to hear from an actual Patreon member how cool it is to be a member of the Goof Troop. You get exclusive access to early release, show notes, and then my two favorite aspects, the cutting room floor material, the things that you don't get to hear on Spotify or Apple or any other platform that you listen to. And there's a lot of mistakes and a lot of really funny things that happen in that cutting room floor. Also, you get access to the live recordings. 
And I'm going to tell you, these live recordings are fantastic. Between Alex's mispronunciation of words, or just Joe being silly, or Chris making a really funny joke, it's worth the price of admission just to watch the live episodes. Plus, you get to chat and interact with some amazing Goof Troop members that have me rolling on the floor in laughter first thing in the morning all the way till I go to sleep at night. It's just so much fun. And I wanted you to hear it from an actual Goof Troop member how cool it is to be a Diz His Patreon member. Just visit their website, dizhis.com, and click on the Goof Troop link for as low as $2 a month. That's only $24 a year. You get all this access, and it's worth it. Trust me, dizhis.com. Click on the Goof Troop link. Check us out streaming on award-winning Disney streaming site, Sorcerer Radio on Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, or catch us again at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Sorcerer Radio is an amazing 24-7 Disney radio. Just visit srsounds.com or download the Sorcerer Radio app. Ever roll out of bed and feel like being a little bad? Three Cheeky Chicks Wax Company has you covered with their Villain Wax Melt line. The Sea Hag Melt will have you wanting to use that body language like Ursula with its bouquet of roses, lily, lilacs, and sweet violets with undernotes of musk. If you feel like you're going to have a meltdown like Hades, throw in the Wax Melt Ruler of the Underworld, which will fill your home with smells of lavender, rosemary, lemon verbena, cinnamon, coriander, leather, amber, and hints of smoke. Or, if you just feel like you are just the evilest one of all, get yourself the Mistress of Evil Melt. These Maleficent-inspired melts will release a woodsy scent with its crisp pine needles, white fir, clove, patchouli, oak, and sugar pine. No matter how you're feeling, make sure to visit MagicallyScented.com to purchase a wide range of wax melts, candles, and room sprays, all made by three cheeky chicks. There are plenty of holiday sales that will allow you to buy any smell that fits your attitude. That's three cheeky chicks at MagicallyScented.com. Hey, I'm Joe from the Diz His. And I'm Nick from Sandpiper Vacations. We will be teaming up to give one of the best travel experiences ever. I am a travel agent with Sandpiper Vacations. We are able to book any vacation destination around the world, including Disney, cruises, and all-inclusive resorts. We have been working here at the Diz His to become travel agents. And with our knowledge of the parks, we want to plan the best Disney trip for you. Using us as a travel agent, we are updated on the latest and greatest information about all of the destinations. We can help save you time, stress, and sometimes some money. Using our services costs you absolutely nothing. It is completely free to you, and we are happy to assist you with giving you more value for your trip. So if you're looking to book your next Disney trip, go to DizHiz.com. Check out DizHiz Destinations on the very top. wants to know hey guys here's Niels again from capturing Disney parks on Instagram and here is your new Niels wants to know question so do you think a third Disney parks resort in the United States would work and also be profitable and if so where should it be 
Let's hear your ideas. Oh, and one spoiler alert. I won't answer this myself as I'm based in Europe and I don't know the states good enough to judge. But I will be back after the answers to say goodbye. Let's go. So what do you think, Alex? Dude, I think this is this. I think this should happen. Really? In a fantasy? In a fan okay, so he did ask, would it work? So let's break this question down into two. Would you want one? Where would it be? And do you think it would work? So I guess we'll break it down into three. Um, would I want one? Yes, because Disney World will not be as busy. As okay, Disney. that's a, that's an interesting take on it because you do live very close by to Disney. Right. And so if there's more places for people to go, then um, that would definitely be good. Um, would it work for its location? Heck yeah. If people up north didn't have to come all the way to Florida, California, they would do it for sure. They'd probably reach more audience of people who may not have the chance <clears throat> to do this kind of stuff because they can't afford to do the travel, the stay, and expensive. Uh, California is expensive. Yeah. Florida is expensive. You know, it's very, they're very high populated states, which means that getting a room or renting a house is really expensive. Sure, yeah. So that is expensive. Traveling all the way to the south or all the way to the west is expensive. So putting one in middle America, and I even have an answer for you, South Dakota. That's a horrible Put idea. Put one in South Dakota. Why no, is that a horrible? No one's first traveling off, to South Dakota. First off, it does. That does. That's the thing. No one travels to to Orlando if they're going to Disney World for Orlando. They're going there for Disney World. If people are going to Disneyland, they're going to Disneyland. They're not going to Disneyland and Hollywood's and uh, Universal Studios. They're going to Anaheim for Disneyland. Yeah, they're also going to the great to South weather. Dakota for Disney. South Dakota doesn't have terrible weather. In the winter? But also, okay, okay. So that would be the big issue, right? Winter. That's why they didn't build it in the Midwest. <laughs> but if they're building them in the West, this is where I think they would go. They also have a very high tax-friendly state when it comes to businesses. I just looked it up. They're very friendly for taxes when it comes to business. If you want to go a little different, you could go like, uh, there's Wyoming, Montana. It's up there for tax friendly for businesses. Um, I think Middle America is a great location. All right. I think it wouldn't work anywhere. And I think that's why they haven't done it already. Um, but do I want a third park? Yes, because I it's very hard for me to travel to Florida to go to Disney World. Very expensive, like you said. Where would I want it? Just pop just just like bring back the idea of that um disney world usa or whatever they called it like park america in washington dc or outside of washington dc that's a really good central point from the south and the north um because you have the very like very concentrated areas so you're gonna have a big market um so like if it did i think it would be have it's like best opportunity to succeed if it were somewhere like there and then you have a theme like uh like america which is you know something that walt really believed in and he, that's really reflected in this park so to have a whole park uh centered around that or, or at least most of the park centered around that would be cool i wish they had built this to begin with uh, selfishly because that was only like you know a few hours away for me mm-hmm but I don't know, man. I don't know. I I think the only other place that a theme park would work would be like uh, Texas, maybe, or uh, I'm thinking weather. Like I'm thinking like, you know what I mean? Like I'm thinking like what's going to be good all year long. Now it's going to get hot I, in Texas, sure, but it's not going to. Mm. You're not going to have a blizzard. Yeah, but they're building they're they're building attractions in the Middle East that are all inside. 
it's possible to build an attraction inside a giant building. Mall of America has roller coasters inside. It's not a crazy idea to have an inside theme park. And I think South Dakota is great because I'm reading here, they have no individual income tax, they have no corporate income tax and gross receipt tax. That is a large incentive to have a giant business go there and build an indoor theme park. It's true. And uh, Adam Royce in chat, Disneyland Paris and Tokyo have weather and they're successful. That is true, but they don't also exactly. have, they don't also have the option to go to Disney or Orlando or Anaheim as well. That's why I'm saying that the third park in America would have to be the perfect location weather-wise because in winter you're not going to go there. You're just going to go to Disney World. You're just going to go to Disneyland. Like you're not going to go to the one where it's snowing. You know, so it's going to fail. They have to be open like you know only three months out of the year or ten months. It's just it'd be it'd be weird. But selfishly, in an unrealistic world, give me one in New Jersey. Give me one, uh, give me an indoor one in New Jersey. That's a good idea, Alex. Let's do it in, let's do it underground. Yeah, let's do it underground. It'd be great for nuclear fallout as well. Carve out a hill in Wyoming, a mountain in Wyoming. See? Put it right inside. And then, then if there's ever a nuclear bomb, we have fun instead of just surviving. All right, as said, I can't really answer the question myself, but when I think of Europe, I'm not sure if a second park, besides Disneyland Paris, would be successful. Yes, I would love more Disney, totally. Um, but now Paris is finally successful, so, well, they probably shouldn't spread the audience over Europe too much then, for now. So before I say goodbye, a joke that I came along online um, about Europe and America. If you're American, when you go into the restroom, and when you're American, when you come out, what are you when you're in the restroom european <laughs> bye-bye take care <laughs> he said he just come across that yes <laughs> like oh nails nails you dog <laughs> um that, that's kind of what i that's kind of exactly my opinion with that Niels had it's just like you know disneyland paris is finally successful if you put another one there in the region then it's like takes away from from that so it's kind of that we're kind of stuck uh like that in america see but i don't care if if Disney bleeds dry. Someone else will buy them. So open up a third and fourth <laughs> bar. Apple will buy you and bail you out anyway. <laughs> <laughs>So Alex, what did you do this week in Disney? I actually did quite a bit. Wow. So maybe we should start with you. I'll tell you what, this is uncharacteristic. I did not do a whole lot. Um, so I, cause I did talk about how I watched Lightyear last week already. Um, mm-hmm. This week, I watched another Disney movie. I watched The New Little Mermaid. Oh. Yeah, I did last night. How was it? It was a live action Little Mermaid movie. <laughs> like, there's no other way to describe that movie than it was just, it was a lot. My, my whole opinion on that movie is that Disney needs to pump the brakes with these live actions. Yeah. I, Emily was getting annoyed with me because I was like, to be completely honest, whenever Flounder came on the screen for the first like half hour of the movie, I was dying laughing because you have this you have this real fish talking with like emotion and stuff mm-hmm. and but it's just a fish it looks like that um that billy bass like the singing bass on the wall <laughs> that looks ridiculous when it's singing because it's, it's a bass like that's what flounder looks like um it, the people part of the movie was awesome you know um ariel ursula king triton um but it was like it was it was not like I don't know. It's just not my cup of tea, man. They gotta stop it with these live action animal movies. Give me all the live action like other movies, 
besides Jungle Book was good. Um, Lion, I, I, I put this movie right up next to Lion King. With it's just like stop, it's just, <laughs> just, 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 just stop it. It was, it was fine. Like it was, it was like the music was good, you know. But it was just weird, man. Like Flatter come on the screen, I'd literally laugh out loud. I couldn't stop laughing. And then you have some animals that talk, and then some that don't. You have the shark, you know, chasing after them in the beginning. He's not talking. The eels don't talk in this movie. Um, it's just I don't know. So why are there some animals that are, are just animals and other animals that are human animals? It was uh, I don't know. It was weird. It was weird. Dump your money into something else, Disney. Um, dump it into original ideas. I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe that would work. Maybe dump it into original ideas. I don't know. It was a movie and uh, made by Disney with fish. That's that's my opinion on the movie. I didn't hate I can't wait it. To watch it. Yeah, I didn't hate it, but I just didn't like it. You know, it was just. If I want to watch The Little Mermaid, I'm going to watch The Little Mermaid. I just, I don't know. I don't need to watch Flounder as a real fish. Um, it was, it was, I'll tell you, it was very funny, but it wasn't like, it didn't try to be funny. It was funny for the reasons that shouldn't have been funny. <laughs> I can't wait to watch when it comes out next month on Disney Plus. You'll enjoy it for sure. Yeah. I yeah. So. You'll enjoy it. Alex, what did you do this week at Disney? Well, um, we went to Magic Kingdom last Friday. Oh, nice. Um, my wife picked me up from work at about, it was around 3.15, 3.20. Uh, we got some food. We drove to, we drove the Magic Kingdom and uh, it was so hot and so busy. It was insane how hot and busy it was. It's been really hot in Florida lately. Like yesterday was like the hottest day in Florida all year. Um, this was last Friday this happened, and it is so hot. And it was at nighttime. Like we were there. We were there. If you cannot if, if you can believe this, we were there from probably around six, maybe five-ish, five thirty, till eleven forty-five. Wow. Yeah, we, we wanted to stay all night. We wanted to watch the fireworks. So we went and we met up with my wife's friend who has four kids all around the same age as our kids. So we all hung out. Oh, that's and it cool. Was fun. Nice. We, uh, the first thing we did was we went on Monsters in Class Floor, which was awesome. And it's so funny because her friend was chosen to be on camera. And her oh, friend nice. hates being on camera. <laughs> so it was awesome. They're usually the ones. Uh, it was great. And then we went over to do People Mover. For some reason, her son, who's like 10, 11, is like an old person because they're like, I want to do people move in the carousel of progress. And I was like, what are you, 85? <laughs> um, we went to do – so this is how busy it was. We went to do people mover, and the line was all the way out of the line queue hanging around the corner. As it should be. That's it was voted the line was. number one ride on the Disney's podcast. Oh, yeah. I said, I said apparently when you come to our <laughs> podcast, people, they love the ride for some reason. But, yeah, it was super, super long. And we're like, we're not waiting for this, which I said, yeah, we're not waiting for this. And we went to people, we went to Carousel Progress, which had no line. We walked right on and rode, and it was awesome. I love uh, Carousel Progress. Now, Carousel Progress should not have a line. No, no. It's, it's a walk-on for sure. Yeah. And then we went. We were like, okay, let's go get ready for the fireworks because that's what we're there for. Um, and we went and 
for some reason, my wife's like, it's too busy, it's too crowded, it's too late for us to go in front of the castle. So let's just go behind the castle and watch the fireworks from there. We're not going to watch a show, but we're going to watch the fireworks. So we got a spot. We went and got food, came back. We had popcorn and snacks while the fireworks were going off. But the thing what happens is we were right behind the carousel, okay? So right behind the carousel Wait, is, is, that, is that near uh, Prince Charming's Regal Carousel? Yes, exactly. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, there's like some archways and some and some you know areas you can sit, uh, kind of. And the fireworks are going on behind you, outside the park, and in front of you on the castle itself. So they have things going off on both sides. So you're like looking back and forth to these stu- all this stuff. The show is going on in the front side of the, of the castle. The back side castle is dark. So the area behind you is completely dark, except for the fireworks going off. So, you know, it was it was interesting. It was fun. Um, kind of just a chill. And I have to worry about crowds because it was very empty. Very empty where I was. Another fun thing I was talking about earlier was there were princesses running around interacting with kids while the fire was going off. Really? There was Rapunzel spinning around in the light of the fireworks, just having a blast. And then kids walking up to them. And them talking with them. You saw Snow White with a skipping with a girl in her hand. They were skipping across the the uh, the concrete. You had um, Ariel walking around saying hi. Like the princesses were just out and about having fun while the fireworks going off on the front side of the castle. On the back side of the castle, it's cool as a cucumber over here. We're just chilling, hanging out in the in the darkness. It was it was really cool. That is really cool. cool. So, yeah, that, that, that's awesome. So if you awesome. don't want to deal with the crowds and you want to have a cool interaction with a princess, you know, go on the backside. It's hard to get photos because it's so dark. But if you can get the, the right angle, you can get the fireworks coming down, lighting it. So we got some cool pictures. Um, it was really fun. And then after the fireworks, we went on the carousel. Nice. Because the line was so short. I'm sorry. I scratched that. We went on the carousel first before the fireworks went off. I did it in the wrong way. Oh, uh, okay. But okay. we still went on the carousel. I would have believed you. And... And the carousel was fun. I like the carousel. My kids love it. I stood on it. I oh, didn't even ride a horse. Wow. I just stood. That's dangerous. There, so kids. there was three parents and six kids. Yeah, very noble of you. So I had to help out with the other kids, yeah. and I just stood there. The carousel was going on, and I was spinning around in circles <laughs> as the carousel was moving. Because uh, I love I love spinning. It's so fun. Um, I would have, I, for the record, I, I would have taken a taken an animal. I would have taken one from a kid. He would have. Well, there was plenty of horses to go around. It wasn't very busy back there on the back side of the castle. Mm. Back side of the castle, there's no rules. This, yeah, this, sounds, this sounds pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah. If you ever want to experience a different side of the park, go to the back side of the castle during a show. It's uh, it's fun. Sounds like New Jersey. Um, <laughs> I'd be right and then, home. You know, it was like 1030. That's when they tell you to leave. But like nobody left. Like they, we we're all just kind of like they suggest you out. leave. They suggest they suggest yeah. you leave. But then the problem is the princesses are walking back from a different location. So you're constantly seeing Jasmine. Uh you're seeing um a bunch of princesses, right? So we kept stopping to say hi to princesses. You have to. And then we stopped in line to do the sword and the stone, which I've never really done. And we're doing the sword and stone. We did it once. The line's so short the kids want to do it again. Of course. I'm like, what? Why? But we sit in line, did it again. As we're doing it, Aurora comes up 
And she comes over to the to the Sword in the Stone area and helps my daughter get up there to do Sword in the Stone and helps my son get up there to do Sword in the Stone. And she's just standing there taking pictures with her kids by what? the Sword in the Stone area. That's it's amazing. Just, it's Did were any was anybody able to lift it? No, no one lifted it. That's I that's tried. that's kind of crazy that with Aurora helping out, they didn't. I know, right? You know what I mean. So I mean, and I said, I said, let me go, let me go before Lincoln goes. He was the youngest kid we had. I said, let me go before Lincoln goes because maybe they'll have pity on him. So like, I got up there, I pulled my shirt back to show my muscles. <laughs> I went really, really big, like, oh, I could do this, right? So then they're like, hey, we should have the little kid get it right after this guy does it. But no, it didn't. It didn't work that way. So, uh, Alex, what time does the do the princesses help you up to the sword in the stone? Because I, I would actually need some assistance it, getting up there. It was like ten thirty. All right, so I'll, I'll swing by ten thirty and it gets, okay, yeah, ten thirty behind the castle. That, I'd never tried it because I could never reach. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we left, right? And we had to see the monorail back. Dude, we usually leave before the fireworks goes off because we're like, hey, it's pretty late. Let's just leave and beat the crowd. And also, let's leave and get food on the way home. There was a line to get on the monorail. It took over a half an hour to get on the monorail. Wow. Just waiting in line. That's pretty crazy. It was insane. And then we're walking back to the car. We're like, we're not going in line for the tram. That's insane. So we're walking back to the car. And you know what we see? We see a whole bunch of wheelchairs sitting by the tram that's been used for people that's just sitting there. So we grab those wheelchairs. We throw some kids on them. And we wheelchair them back to the cars. Oh, that's it a was, great idea. It was so easy yeah. to walk back. A lot better than waiting for what the do you, What do you do sure. with the wheelchair once you get to your car? I took a wheelchair and I threw it in the river. <laughs> No, I, I, I was – a lot of wheelchairs <laughs> were just hanging out in the parking area. Uh, right. I took mine and I walked it to the grass and placed it in the grass, kind of like you do with uh, the shopping, with the shopping cart. carts. Yeah, just, just pop it up onto the curb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So does it roll into yeah, the yeah. car? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Really um, and then we didn't get home till like midnight. Wow. And then my wife wanted to give our kids a bath because we were so sweaty. Uh, yeah, I don't blame you. It was a late night. It was a late night. That's sure. awesome, man. It sounds like a lot of fun. I don't know if I'd do it again. <laughs> it was so hot and, cr- and so hot, especially in the summertime. Like we'd do it again, probably like fall, right? But summertime, like I do not want to go to the park in the summertime. It's too hot. Yeah, man, it's um not a good time. Next week on Diz His, we're going to do the history on Disney legend voice actor Jim Cummings, who has voiced over four hundred roles, and we'll deep dive into that next week. So thank you all for listening. Again, if you want to watch us do this live for as little as $2 a month, you can join our Patreon. And we invite you to our super secret exclusive Discord where you can watch us record this live. We also talk on there all week long. We play games. A lot of good stuff. Yeah, we're literally just having a laugh out loud moment with our Patreons chatting in the chat room in between segments of the show. So should have been there. If you are should have been there. Could have been there. Could have been there. Need to be there. Oh, I like that. I might tattoo that on my on my arm. Yeah. These promos. You should. Yeah. You need to. So I remember it. Also, if you're Patreon, you get options to write in our blog, which you can also find via our link tree. You also are put into future giveaways, like we just gave away a pop last episode. And um, if you aren't a Patreon, please go to our social media and just let us know how you feel. You know, give us a little... Give us a little love on the social media devices. 
Yeah, you know? we're pushing Spotify uh, hard right now because um, we've been keeping up to date with that with polls and asking questions and stuff. So um, mm-hmm. if you are between platforms that you're listening to podcasts, try Spotify out. We, uh, we love the feedback and we will feature your answers uh, on the show. Yeah, for sure. And that's the his on the Mad Tea Party. I'm one of your Mad Hatters, Chris. And I'm Alex. Thank you for listening and have a magical week.